Genesis 1.31 says that on the sixth day, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Let me welcome you, therefore, to Very Good Christian Podcast. Join Blair Davis and me, Sean Fowler, as we think through and discuss various aspects of faith, culture, the church, and every other topic that has ever, at any time, moseyed its way into the mind of man such as the perfect length for a beard. That being said, enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another installment of Very Good Christian Podcast. I am not Blair Davis. I am not Grizzly Adams. Nice, but you look like it. <laughs> Let's get into this. We've got important an important topic to go over, um, as they all are. And we're talking about kids. Uh, we're, we're talking about kids and church and the relation of the two. Like... Should a child be allowed to enter a church? My personal stance is no, but that's not commonly accepted. So we're just, we're going to go deeper than that. We're going to ask, should kids be in the worship service with their parents? Hmm. Should the whole family unit be together worshiping or should they be broken up by age group into a setting where they're receiving maybe some content that may be viewed as more age appropriate or mm. age comprehensible. So we're, we're, we're going to dive into that and uh, find out the objective truth of the matter and then tell you exactly what to think about it. I mean, there's obviously going to be variants based upon um, the, the context of your individual setting. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to go. What's uh, what, what's the better scenario? It's, it's certainly exactly. it's certainly not the case that if you think all families should be worshiping together, that then you ought, you think that uh, if children are separated for the sermon, that it's heresy or yeah, that it's not or, Christian. Or it's or not a real church or... Yeah, that's... that's I mean, there's that, that is what I think. But. <laughs> well, no, I know that. And that's why I'm not friends with you outside of this podcast. Uh, but in reality, though, this is, this is, of course, a secondary matter. Yeah. It's not a matter of salvation. I mean, quite clearly, um, it, it's, a, it's a matter of well, what is actually most effective in raising up children for the Lord mm-hmm. and for having a family together grow closer to God um, and to love him and love others in a way that God approves of. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. Now, I guess we could uh, look first at like in all of our years, what has been our experience I mean, have you experienced more one or the other um, so far in in your walk with Christ? Yes, in um, the large majority of because ch- you know I did float around to different churches that were very different denominations, and um, I would say across the board, really, 
there was always some form of Sunday school or, you know, other than the main adult worship service. And that's uh, Baptist Church, Episcopalian Church, non-denominational Church of God, um, really all in uh, all except for the church I currently attend have had a a children's program that was at was at the very least suggested that your your child attend. And to clarify, I'm saying that during a couple of the church services that I attended as the worship the main worship service the kids were sent downstairs during the main service and it was called sunday school but it was oh, not oh, okay. it wasn't a separate happening gotcha just okay. just so i'm so we're clear sure sure exactly because sunday school is usually a different thing that's before mm. the service yeah exactly so yeah and mine uh growing up i yeah growing up there was separation mm-hmm um, and I went to an Assemblies of God church. And then after that, I went to a few different services and all of them except for one. I went, I went to an Anglican church for a couple of years in Spokane and the everyone was all together. There was, mm-hmm. a, there was a cry room um, and, you know, in case... You got a little bit of screaming going on. And oh, you need okay. To, you need to get your. Oh, and it, I mean, if adults wanted to cry, they could go in there as well. I think <laughs> if the sermon was that touching, exactly, <laughs> or the music was that bad. Mm. No, that music there was was pretty good. I liked it. But uh, anyway, so except for that Anglican service, and then of course the church I currently go to, where everyone is all together in the worship service. I mm-hmm. mo- most of my life, most of my years as a Christian have been. Um, you know, separation now. And, and I will say this too, that they're not all the same. I have spent time in a church where there's a parallel service for children the entire time. Mm-hmm. But I've also been to a service where the, the music um, at the beginning, everybody is together in the sanctuary. And then mm-hmm. after the music, the children are dismissed Sure. To children's church, so basically for the sermon. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so there's a, a couple different ways to do it. Um, actually, I attended an Anglican church on vacation in Montreal, where they had the kids in with everybody else at the beginning because they did like three praise songs at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and then the kids I think went out and did their own thing with their own leaders, and then uh-huh. they come back for communion. So, so I've, I've seen that as well, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so, so I'll ask this Blair mm-hmm. and obviously, I mean, I mean, a lot of people would know this anyway, but let's, let's just like discuss this and, and fill this out. Well, why are there these differing opinions? So let, let's look at those churches where kids are separate for at least a portion of the service. Mm. Well, why even do that? What's the point? What's the benefit of that? <laughs> uh, speaking as someone that's never run a church. I would say it's convenience, I mean, first and foremost, maybe not first priority, but I can can understand at least the idea of if you're in a more modern church, so not your traditional or higher church setting, and you're trying to get the most people into a service, or you're trying to get the most people to come back or to stick around, um, you offer this this kind of supplementary child care so that the parents can have their get their worship on and the kids can learn a lesson. And it's 
uh, I guess, presented as more fun or more at the the separate speeds. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's that's a fine reason or a fine motivation anyway to do it. That's the first one that springs to mind for me. Yeah. Um, I know as, uh, <clears throat> you know, as someone who's worked at a church and then my wife running children's ministry and mm-hmm. also coordinating volunteers that there is, a you know, an, an aspect of benefit for the parents because the, you know, if you, if you have young kids and you're like, you know, trying to wrangle them the whole time, it's, it's distracting you. Mm-hmm. And so you're the, you know, the parent is able to focus on the Lord. They have a little bit of time without their children. I mean, and let, let's be real about it. Even if we have a very positive um, description of that style, it, it is also somewhat appealing. Cause you know, the, if you, especially if you have a lot of kids, it's a couple of hours you know, <laughs> yeah. w- w- without having to, um, you know, take care of your, your kids. Cause it can be, it can be stressful. So there, mm-hmm. there is an element of that. That it's is a relief. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a little I respite. don't so yeah. And so, some parents, in my experience, you know, also working at a church and uh, at least not all the time, but helping with children's church or children's ministry, I can see the appeal when you have some really hyperactive kids or if you get two or three really hyperactive kids. Sure. Um, for sure. Um, and I, I remember some parents were a lot more open to saying to uh, my wife and I when things were when we when when she was pregnant, they were saying, "Oh man, when, if someone volunteers to hold your kid, you just you just let them because you're gonna want that break." Mm-hmm. And to be, you know that hasn't really been our experience. We haven't been ho- hoping for a break during church service or anything. But parents will you know parents have said that or you know moms, dads, etc. You know, oh sure, like, oh, take that help or and I mean you know focusing on the the age level and the content that's coming out Mm -hmm. so that that's of course like like you you mentioned briefly is the other main aspect is that the you know the 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 child is going to encounter Mm -hmm. a lot of things in the service that he or she is incapable of understanding Mm -hmm. and so why not bring uh you know a a sermon a lesson a craft uh you know even Mm -hmm. games that are going to be able to reach them where they're at, mm-hmm. at their level. You know, why not do, if the goal is to get them closer to God, to get them encountering God, why not do that? Mm-hmm. Right. It yeah. makes sense. And said they, they sit in the pew and just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, mindlessly, sure. you know, whatever, completely um, disengaged. Yeah. Why not do it this other way? So certainly I think that's one of the biggest motivating factors. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you, I mean, that that's valid. That is a good motivation, yeah. right? In the sense that you're concerned about your child connecting with God. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Do you think that that also in reality is helping a child connect more with God? I guess I could give advice broadly, but as someone who only represents my wife and I, who have a, <laughs> a you know, a 10 month old, we have a liturgical service and we don't really have problems with our with our daughter granted she's genuinely a one in a million child we're told all the time that she's you know very observant and very has this discerning look on her face and you know really is quiet and sits still so we might have a very 
uh, blessed experience. When you're talking about different um, different denominations and the different church styles, and and the kind of the you see with the presentation of different kids churches is how old they can be that you expect them to sit still because we both have experience in a church where it's uh, 40 minutes of music and then 45 minute sermon and then you go home i i don't think she would do as well because we couldn't expect yeah. her to sit still for that long but we are uh, fortunate enough to be in a church that splits up the music there's there's up and down and she almost enjoy, well, she seems to enjoy it when we pick her up for the standing parts or you know move her a little bit with the music yeah um depending on the parts you know going up for communion even that she loves seeing our our pastor give her the blessing she yeah. smiles there's a lot more going on that she likes that she can observe yeah and that that's something that Kate and I have talked a lot about that we are we are grateful yeah. that we're in the liturgical setting because of all of that stuff. I mean, exactly. There's different times when you're standing, you're seated, or you're kneeling. Mm -hmm. So you, you have that movement that's going on, and then there's also the call and response. Mm -hmm. um, you know, opening up the, the service with, you know, blessed be God, yeah. right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we respond, and blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Uh-huh. And you're doing that, and there's certain times when you're doing the sign of the cross. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's taken um, like like our two girls, the, the the younger one. It's taken her a while to get the sign of the cross down, but now mm -hmm. she she seems to to have it down. But you're doing that at certain times. Mm -hmm. You're um, you're also especially when it's a like a high high service, you've got incense. Mm -hmm. that's in this the smells right like the senses are being engaged and we get to talk to them and like oh look at that do you see what that is that's the that's the thurible that's where the incense comes from do you know what that represents and all that represents the the the, the presence mm -hmm. of the holy spirit yeah. you know filling this place because he is here and uh yes uh, you have the you know communion or you're going up to receive a blessing mm -hmm. and yeah there's there, there's music, there's call and response, there's certain times when we're listening to someone, there's certain times we're all together as one unit. We are praying mm -hmm. in unison, and there's just so much going on that really is engaging. I mean, sure, you could just go through it mindlessly, mm -hmm. and there certainly are people who do that, but of course, just being present for 45 minutes of music and then an hour-long sermon, seated and listening to that, it's very simple to disengage in my experience, yes. Uh, so we we have very much like that. And all just mm. all the symbolism in the liturgical setting, because there are just so many things. You have you have cr crosses, there might be, you know, an, an icon up on the altar. There mm -hmm. are all of these different things that mm -hmm. are there. And they all have a specific meaning and what they represent. Yeah. And you can, you know, talk to, oh, do you see that thing there? Do you know what that is? You know mm -hmm. what that represents? And yeah, that, that I find very helpful with kids they're more curious generally <laughs> so oh, yeah. there will be a time where i am able to you know talk to her you know after a service say oh why do we do this or why do they wear that or and, and it's these teaching opportunities and you can pour in the purpose of the service and um again not to tear down anybody's denomination at all you know it, 
I, I think, you know, we're all Christians. We all have more in common than we don't. But there's not a lot of inten intentionality with a lot of other churches um, that I that I in in my experience that have so many layers to it. And it's it's True. hard to it's hard to explain sometimes to even with my experience with teenagers, the importance of sitting down and being quiet for 45 minutes when, to be honest, I had a lot of trouble being not whispering or nudging or anything with anybody for 45 minutes to an hour at yeah. times. So, you know, not again, not not to be a hypocrite. I had the same I had issues again sitting still and paying attention for that long. And sure. I've enjoyed the shorter sermons and also to lay it out there, um, if if she is fussy during the sermon, that's generally the spot where uh, my wife takes her downstairs to the you know, the infant room, the playroom that mm -hmm. they have downstairs and you know, they play with toys during the sermon and uh, my wife can still hear the sermon because there's a speaker that goes in there. So when the yep. sermon ends and the prayer, the prayers of the people start, she's able to gather, you know, give her one last change and bring her upstairs nice. and, and be a part of it. So we don't expect her to sit down and not be disruptive for the 20, 25 minute sermon. But, sure. but expect even expecting that you're cutting in half the sermon time of some, uh, other other churches that do have the kids program yeah and like ours they they do have baskets of crayons and then each week they have a, a new page of coloring or a few pages of coloring that go that go along with like the readings for, for the day mm -hmm. and we do allow them right now to color during the sermon so we got the wooden pews and so mm -hmm. they're just kind of like you know they got their paper on the pew and we're allowing it right now um, especially because at the very beginning, when they first started going, especially our, our, our younger daughter, it, it was, I mean, it's, a, it's an hour and a half and there's pl plenty of times when it's fairly quiet during the service. And, uh -huh. you know, she likes to talk basically nonstop. <laughs> and so it was a big adjustment for her. And so we found like, okay, well, we'll, we'll allow the coloring during the sermon. Although I'm being honest, we're, we're, we're contemplating like, well, what's the age where we're going to cut that off? Because I don't want to give the impression that the sermon is somehow less important, so uh -huh. you don't need to listen, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so so we we do that right now. But then the rest of it, they're they're participating. And when we kneel, there's sometimes where we're kneeling for ten minutes straight. There's like a one chunk during the, like the the, the Euchar Eucharistic part where I, I don't know, I haven't timed it, but ten, maybe even twelve minutes, where we're kneeling and. They kneel. They're not allowed to sit down. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, there have been a few times where it's like I look and they're sitting. I'm like, get, I'm like, kneel down. What are you doing? And I'm like, listen, we're, I mean, what, what, what we try to do is just emphasize to them, you're not going to understand everything. Mm -hmm. You're not. But you can, you definitely can understand a decent amount of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And the things. Especially that, if they try. Yes. If they're paying attention and try. And the things that we're saying, but what you need to know is that this is the most important thing that we're going to do all week. We're going to gather together with the people of God and worship him and glorify him. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is immensely 
vital. It's I'm not using those words, but you know, <laughs> it, it's it's just so so crucial that we're here and that we're plugged in and that we're focused on God. And even if we're having a difficult, like the secondary thing is, even if we're having a difficult time paying attention, we need to be thinking about the people around us. If we're talking, if we're moving around and making a bunch of noise, then we're actually taking other people's eyes off of God, mm-hmm. and we can't do that. So they've done like overall, they've done. Very well. I mean, we, we've had some issues where, like right now with our youngest, we, we kind of like have our, our hands on her shoulder when we go up for, for her to receive the blessing because she was like, you know, turning around and walking backwards up up to the front or like spinning when he's going oh. to bless her. And then, you know, people laugh about it because she's a little kid. But like, you know, we, we tell her like, listen, you're not going to be doing this, this, or that you're just going to stand there where you are. And then she literally does the opposite of what we ask. Oh. And so, yeah, we ended up coming to the point, you know, receiving consequences, but obviously it wasn't enough. So I'm like, listen, you're going to act like a baby. We're actually going to treat you like a baby. We're going to go up with you and kind of be holding you a little bit so that you don't spin around. And mm-hmm. after a while, if you can prove, <laughs> you know, that you're capable of just standing there and listening, then then we'll, we'll switch that up. Sure. So, but, 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 so we've had these certain things, but like overall, they've done, you know, so, so well. And, you know, and I hope they are getting something out of this, the, the, the service. Um, you know, I, be, I believe they are and they can at least understand the importance that we place upon it and hopefully that can transfer over sure you know at a certain point now so we've we've talked a bunch about like specifically the liturgical setting Mm -hmm. um when it comes to kids being in the service or not but more broadly what we talked about the benefits of the child being in their own service Mm -hmm. you know receiving uh, instruction at their at their own level, um, trying to help that. Well, what would you say? Because you seem like you're more into the family being together during the worship service. Mm-hmm. I have this sneaking suspicion. Why is that the superior option in your opinion? I made sure I had this scripture ready to go when mm-hmm. we talked about it, and it's it might be one of only a few that we bring up, but it's it's the one that makes me contemplate what I do with in parenting and you'll see why it's ephesians 6 uh i guess i'll just read the the first chunk so ephesians 6 starting in 1 is children obey your parents in the lord for this is right honor your father and mother this is the first commandment with a promise uh that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land uh then verse 4 Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So, I'm open to being wrong about the way that I take that text. Uh, But when I read it, and it's an instruction to a father to bring your children up, um, I also am aware that they weren't having modern-day church services when this was written. So, I, I understand that, but to apply it to today uh i guess the biggest thing for me uh to to ask is if that were an option if kids church was an option or toddler room was an option no whether i was in my previous church the church before that church or my current church how am i bringing her up in the instruction of the lord when i'm actively giving her to someone else 
to do that. And the argument could be made, you know, you can do it the rest of the week. And this is just a couple hours and we get back into the, you know, having a relief for a couple hours or can't sit still and all that. But I mean, parenting is a 24 seven job. You know, they're, it's nice to have a rest. It's nice when one of our parents offers to watch her so we can have a date night. But raising her up in the instruction of the Lord is, not, you know, that's that's a 24-7 job. That's not something that I personally, personally, <laughs> personally seek rest from. And so I want her to understand what I'm doing. You know, I I have so many more hours of the week to let her play with Play-Doh or, you know, m make an illustration with water or watch VeggieTales. You know, I, mm -hmm. we can do that and we have the time to do that. And on Sundays, which is our uh, no screen day generally for most of the day, that's the day that we set aside to do a, a real project activities and we spend the week doing smaller ones with her, but leading up to Sunday, which is, usually the big activity where we make a mess or have to plan it out. So yeah, that's it is I don't personally know the, the doctrines or whatever little, little things that everybody in my church goes to, let alone a 300 person church or whatever size church. So even if I like the preaching, let's say, or, you know, I like the music of a church, I don't, always know what the you know 20 something or 30 something downstairs is teaching about biblical theology to my you know very very impressionable spongy daughter yeah and granted she's she's not old enough to be repeating words and that sinking in but she's old enough to understand for example if we're there on sunday she knows that we take her upstairs at our church, but if there was a kid's playroom and she would associate church with the playroom and then eventually it doesn't become a play, you know, it's not a playroom anymore and it's boring old adult time or something and it's not, then she might associate church negatively. But I almost, yeah. I almost want her to at whatever level she is, be able to associate church the way that we do. And just different things are revealed to her at different times. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, just share a similar sentiment when it, when it comes to having everybody in the service together. I mean, it reminds me, you know, what you were saying reminds me also of Deuteronomy 6, um, a very famous passage uh, where Moses says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And... We see, and this, of course, is just one of many spots where the, the, the instruction of children is brought up. But what you see is, even though the church, you know, is, is just in its early years in the New Testament, 
um, and obviously doesn't exist in the Old Testament, you still have a covenant community, a community of faith that's well established in the mm -hmm. Old Testament. And then also in the New Testament, because most of them are Jews that are coming out of that covenant of faith. So there already was this process of discipleship that is discipling children throughout the generations. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so when you look at all of that uh, biblical text, you know, how much of the instruction to children concerning the Lord how much of that is outsourced to others mm -hmm. be besides the parents? Well, virtually not at all, right? They're like, you know, you have like Samuel, you have like specific instances, but you don't have all of all of these commands that, like it's not written in the law that like, okay, all kids are going to go to the temple for, for, you know, one year at this time <laughs> to yeah. receive, you know, there, there isn't, there isn't that. There's an expectation that parents are going to be the ones that teach their children that pour into them and they are responsible for their children's discipleship. And I know mm -hmm. that things have changed. We're not in an agrarian society. We don't have like a grandma and grandpa living with the rest of the family in mm -hmm. the same unit, like, like, like it was back here for so many centuries, but still, I don't think that changes. I, I think it does make it harder. I think if you have a multi-generational home and you have like grandma and grandpa home all the time and able to pour into the grandchildren, like that's, that's hugely, uh, just helpful mm -hmm. in actually raising them up in the faith. But even without that, because we have a different sort of context, the, the, the imperative to disciple the children cannot be taken away from the parents. It will mm -hmm. always be that. And that's that's the witness that we see from scripture. So knowing that, how do we bring that into our context? Yes, we're so used to dividing everybody up, you know, like we've talked about that so many times, you walk into the church and immediately, boom, everybody's divided up based mm -hmm. upon their age. Yeah, with the signs or something. Yeah, you, you know, the, the, the family unit comes in and then it's no longer a unit. It's divided up and you'll be a unit again when you leave. Mm -hmm. That is unfortunate for the main worship service. I, I'm like absolutely pro having an age um, categorized Sunday school or Christian mm -hmm. education after the service. I think that's very good. But that main act of worship to be done together so that the the parents can lead and, and specifically, right, that the man being kind of the high priest of the household, you know, being there, even if the kids can't understand, they need to see their parents worshiping the Lord. They need to see their parents engaged and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in, in prayer, in worship, focused on the Lord, revering him, loving him. And they need that example. They mm -hmm. need to see it and they need to see it more than just on Sundays. Yeah. But they do need to see it on Sundays to ingrain in them the importance of it, even if they don't understand. Also, even if it's that's one thing that I, I would love to get this message across to Christian parents, like don't talk about the church service in uh, terms of like fun or boring. It doesn't matter. Again, you don't have to have dull, dreary lives with no enjoyment. That's not what I mean. But we should much more... Uh, we, we should much more earnestly be focused on whether something is beneficial, whether, mm -hmm. it, whether it is building us up, whether it is, is making us more like Christ or it's taking us in the direction that we want to go. Generally speaking, I try to talk very like honestly with them and kind of like they're older than they are and just say, listen, I understand that you may not, there are going to be days when you 
don't feel like doing church mm-hmm. or like, you know, you're, you're looking forward to, oh, are we going to get you snacks at Dunkin' Donuts after or, or, or whatever it is, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you feel. We need to do it. Mm-hmm. We need to honor God. We need to encounter him in this service. And that's just all there is to it. We want to do the right thing, even if we don't feel like it, mm-hmm. because God is worth it. Because we like, he's God, he's, he, he's above all of our emotions. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether we had a bad day or a good day, whether we're excited, whether we're, whether we're, we're, we're scared or we like, we need him at all times. And, uh, so just trying to ingrain that and doing it as a family unit, I'm very, very much in favor of it. Mm-hmm. If, if you couldn't tell a big thing that we didn't mention and I, I don't, I'm not going to, and you, you don't have to comment if you don't want to, but um, you, it's something that you brought up to me plenty of times is the public school system. And so how much are we bringing up our kids in, um, in reverence and instruction and discipline of the Lord when several hours a day they, you know, get, get up early, get on a bus, go to school that teach only secular things. They come home, do however much homework, uh, go to bed, do maybe do a sport activity, you know, you work. Um, and then on the one day a week where everybody who identifies as a Christian should find the time to worship and several churches I've been to or know of have multi-services. So, you know, there's not really much room for excuse. Um, and then, and then you walk into that and you tell your kids, you know, go downstairs or go to that room. And our families are more separated now than they've ever been. And so even now in the very, you know, the first year of her life, uh, we are working really hard to find a way to homeschool her, Yeah, you know, and I, and I did have a very long discussion about it with, with my wife one night and I said, I will get a second job and you can leave your job because I don't want to work just to then pay for childcare. And then, you know, so we're paying someone else to take her when one of us could be with her. So it's something that I'm actively looking into doing. And so that's just another small piece. And um, I know we have been back and forth with, our opinions, but at this moment, I, I feel like they're kind of just that, their opinions, and we've talked about some benefits that that we've seen with uh, them being a part of the family, and not to end on a sour note, but what are some negatives to the separation, whether it's uh, immediate or long-term negatives to this, uh, you know, children not being whether they're not invited in, they're not welcomed in, or you're just choosing for them not to be in the the main worship service. Yeah, um, I I think some of some of them would just be the opposite of the the positive aspects of uh, them being in with the, the parents. So you do have an. Ec- what develops probably, and of course, it's not just the Sunday service that develops this, but that's that, that constant separation is it, it produces an expectation on the child that, you know, the, the parents aren't necessarily the spiritual leaders, like even in their lives, you know what I mean? Because they get taught, you know, they might have a separate um, 
service on Sunday and then maybe they go on, on a Wednesday or a Friday or something mm-hmm. for, for another service there, which probably is broken up according to, to age. Mm-hmm. And so they're used to the, the youth pastor or the, the children's ministry leader mm-hmm. being that kind of spiritual person that, that you know, leads and, and guides them rather than seeing the parent like that. And, and, and of course, this is just generally speaking, if, if, a, if parents are really doing a lot of discipleship in the home, this, this probably wouldn't be the case. But unfortunately, there's, hmm. there's not a lot. Most people see the ministers at the church as the person that like disciples everybody, including their children. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. It's definitely not biblical. And yeah, so, so, so I think that, and that, and also just the, the growth spiritually, you know, then could much more easily just be so separate from the parents that the parents really aren't in on it at all, really know what's going on or where mm. they're at, or even like what they're being taught. Not that they couldn't find out. It's I'm sure whoever is leading it would be willing to share, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think about that stuff and it's a little different than your question, but when you brought up public school, it's like, yeah. We are, you know, now it's it's usually both parents who are separate from their kids all day long, even though before usually at least, you know, one member of the family is like with the kids and taking care mm-hmm. of them. And it's it's like we've been conditioned to just accept and expect the separation of our family um, into smaller units and, and the mm-hmm. separation of, of the parents from the kids. One thing that we really need to do is to just examine all of the stuff that we do in our lives and, and ask ourselves, well, why do we do this? Too frequently we just go with the flow. Well, this is the way it is. This is the way things are done. Mm-hmm. But really think about that. Correct. If you if you work full time and your spouse does as well and your kids are away from you for hours and hours and hours every day. And yes, coming home and having all this busyness that is not really quality time spent with, with each other. And then that one major spiritual act of going to church Boom, separated again mm-hmm. for that as well. It's like, that's a, that is a lot of separation mm-hmm. if we're called to disciple our own children. How in the world would we accomplish it being around them so little mm-hmm. and especially in church? It's, it's okay to learn things at church, but when you look at the main worship service and it's something that I'm really grateful to you um, for helping me to get through my head is the main worship service is just different. It should be different anyway. And that's the thing is, again, I I don't want to talk ill of it, but the idea of a kid playing with Play-Doh instead of worshiping the Lord and watching his or her parents worship the Lord, it's just so, it's it shouldn't even be a debate, really. I think, I, I just wonder why parents, so many parents are so quick to get, you know, uh, rid themselves really, to be frank, of their kids on a Sunday morning, because then at best you're saying, if you have your, you know, your Monday through Friday, nine to five, you're saying, yeah, Saturday's good enough to be with you. And then sometimes maybe they slept over a friend's house, you know, it's just, there's so much cultural stuff that, that gets mixed in and, and those things aren't bad things. Um, and, and especially if, you know, if you're a young, a little kid whose parents aren't spiritual influences in your life, then yeah, I mean, it's better to have a youth pastor or a children's teacher, pastor, whatever, um, teaching anything for sure. If you don't have parents, but you still have that hunger, that's a beautiful thing. 
to not be raised that way and still hunger for it. But I, yeah, like you said, with conditioning, we're just conditioned to want to be separated or expect to be separated without even knowing it. And it's no big deal. It's just yeah. the way it is. We don't stop to think, maybe we should push back against this. Yeah. Maybe we ought to be together <laughs> yeah. more. And so maybe maybe even we look like the jerks for, for making this episode. You know, should people, should kids be in service? And, you know, I personally am not looking down on any parent because that's the thing is it is conditioned. And I probably would be doing the same things if, you know, if I was at one of my former churches and the option was available. Yeah. I I consider myself blessed and fortunate that it's not an option and that if it is, you know, again when when my wife takes our daughter to the playroom, it's for a very short period of time and it's only when she is fussy or hungry or has a lot of energy. I'm not looking down on anybody because again it is this kind of not kind of, it is a conditioning. And it's something that's so far in the back of our heads that we're not even thinking about it. So I would certainly love to see more families in the, you know, in the service when you can have more people in the, in the same room. Sure. And, re and remember also, if you go to a church that has a, uh, you know, simultaneous children's service, it's usually not the case that they're forcing your children yeah. to be in there. You can have them with you in your, in the sanctuary. That's been my experience. Mm -hmm. So certainly I just want like maybe my last point is just to um, reiterate that examine the things that you do, especially when it comes to your spiritual practice and you living out your faith and leading your family, mm -hmm. really examine it. Think critically about it. And don't just accept it as, well, this is the way it is. I think so many of these things, I think a lot of, of us wouldn't even think about it because it's just the way things are done. Mm -hmm. But let's start to examine that stuff and let's look at scripture. Let's look at the principles we find there concerning these, the, these subjects and compare what we do to those principles and, and just be honest. And if it, mm -hmm. if it appears like, oh, wow, this is something that's going against what God has revealed, or it doesn't seem to be the best way of accomplishing what he's revealed, mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's examine, let's do some tweaking. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so please think critically, look into that, scour the scriptures, compare it to what you're doing, and, uh, you know, just be honest with, with what God is saying. Sure. And you know, exactly. This is a secondary issue. It's very important, but it, it is a secondary issue and that needs to be uh, kept in mind as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm more for whole family worship altogether. Yeah. And it might be a hard transition to start immediately. You know, if, if sure. <laughs> somehow our, our views and opinions caused someone to say, oh, we're going to start doing this. And then it doesn't go so well the first couple times, but I think diligence works because uh, we do. I do have an example of friends that I won't name who did come to our church and whose kids uh, generally were the downstairs type kids mm -hmm. who enjoyed our service and enjoyed what was going on. Nice. And it was not expected from any party, <laughs> so yeah. that they would that they would enjoy it, and so. Yeah, just being 
being a family is should be the most important thing. And so, uh, I guess in closing, just there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, but especially parent parenting stuff. Sometimes when you read it out, it seems almost harsh, but I think that's just due to our American conditioning or even Western conditioning. And in the Bible, this stuff was just, well, at least a good, a, a decent chunk of it could have been, duh, you know, like, oh yeah, I, I, we do that anyway, or we can do that a little differently, but it wasn't such a black and white, you know, hard, hard change. Hmm. So looking at it from that perspective, it's, it is on us as parents, you know, we do have responsibility and it's greater than a lot of us are, are accepting at least, uh, that we know about, you know? Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been a good chit chat here. Yeah. Uh, let us That's know what you think. There's a comment section. <laughs> Type words, press enter, you know, do what you got to do. We want to hear. Thank you so much. Uh, I have been not Grizzly Adams. Exactly. And I'm still Sean Fowler and not Blair Davis. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Very Good Christian Podcast. A special thank you to Cody James MSC for the theme music you hear in this episode. For more content, check out our YouTube and Facebook pages titled Very Good Christian Podcast and check out our social media pages on Instagram and Parlor at VGC Pod as well as consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Very Good Christian Podcast.